0: Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon and the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 155 of Process to Profitability. Money can be a topic that many business owners avoid talking about or even thinking about, which means that we often put off paying ourselves. Today, I'm joined by Amanda Neely of Grandma's Wealth Wisdom to talk about how you can make sure that you're benefiting financially in your business. We discuss how you know if you need to pivot your approach to money, why it's important to bring femininity into the money conversation, and what women who are starting a business need to know about money. We talk about the bank-on-yourself concept and how you can put yourself first when it comes to finances in your business. Amanda Neely is a small business and financial professional. She founded and ran Overflow Coffee Bar L3C from 2008 through 2018. Now she shares her experiential knowledge through podcasting, developing personalized financial strategies for individuals and couples, and profitability strategies for businesses. Her goal is to work with people to take charge of their cash flow, leverage their assets, and increase their profitability in ways that would make their grandma proud. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Samantha. So I read your introduction at the beginning of the show, but I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in your business.
1: Yeah, so I'm currently in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm a mom, a wife, a, and a CEO, a business owner. I, this is actually my second business. Um, I got into business because I was looking to make the world a better place, and I learned just how much small businesses impact communities and impact the people that, whose lives they touch. And I thought, hey, that's the kind of impact I want to make, so let's do this.
0: Awesome. So how did you transition from that first business into what you do now?
1: Yeah. So we, um, our first business was like, almost like our first love. We were super excited about it. We thought we were going to be doing it for the rest of our lives until we were having a, a little bit of landlord issues. It was a brick and mortar coffee shop in downtown Chicago. And we, um, also found out that we were expecting our first little one, And we started to reflect like, is this business really working for us? Sure, it's great. Sure, it's making the impact we want it to. Sure, it's actually like making some money, right? We're able to like pay our bills and stuff, but is it really working for us? And it was ultimately like, well, let's explore options. Let's see what could work better for us. And we ended up selling that business and thinking, well, what what would be life-giving to us and still like be a a good business, still like help other people still make money. And we thought of what had impacted our lives the most over the the decade that we did that business. And it was really a certified financial planner that we started working with. And the, the difference he made in our lives that we could even sell that business had we not done the work with him, we couldn't have sold it. And we thought, well, what if we're able to help others do the same thing? And so we jumped in and gave it a try. And it's, it's truly been like a new love of our life. We totally fallen in love with what we get to do every day.
0: Awesome. And I know you help lots of different people in your business. So who really, what do you help people do give people kind of a picture of what you do?
1: Yeah. My favorite thing and that where we find we have the biggest impact and the most joy um, from what we do and from how it like changes people's lives is when we get to work with people that were, were where we were a couple years into our business, seeing it kind of work, but at our personal expense, both our stress levels, our you know way too much time, uh, not getting rewarded financially to the extent we should, and saying we have to do something different. We have to make the business work. We have to make sure that, if we want to do things like go on a vacation or buy a house or heck fund a retirement plan, right. That we can actually do that. And it, we're not, we're not stuck with this business being the only thing that we have, right. That identity, that is our entire identity, our entire life, you know, um, is wrapped around this business and looking for something different. That's who we love to, to work with um, because they're, people who are self-employed, they have a business, they have to do money differently than the W-2 employee, right? Who, you know, is counting on that match from their 401k and, you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And I, so many of the people I talked to on this podcast kind of fell into business. They came at it through a side hustle or whatever. And so they didn't think about the money side of, okay, I have to fund my own retirement account now. And what does it look like to buy a house when you don't have a W-2 to show somebody? And all of that gets really complicated. It's not anything you were taught in school. And so I love that you help people with that to really figure out, okay, I know that I can make this business work and the business can be profitable, but how can it benefit me and what I want to do long-term? 100%.
1: There aren't lots of people talking about this and there isn't a a good uh, place to turn. The typical advice out there could actually be harmful if uh, entrepreneurs, 1099 independent contractors, if they follow that same typical advice.
0: Yes. I remember (laughs) when we bought our house the first time, it was so much extra paperwork for me to prove like, okay, yes, I actually make this money. And yes, I make this money every year. And just talking to people who are like, yeah, I just turned in like two forms and we were done. I'm like, oh my goodness. I had so much
1: I had to do. Yeah. And even if you're transitioning from one business to another, that if it's a different type of business, if it's um, a, like in a different industry, like us going from coffee to financial services, we had to wait two years before it could be approved for a mortgage to show that this new business is going to work.
0: This is not something a lot of people talk about. And I really want to get into why money is such a taboo topic and why business owners tend to put off paying themselves out of their business.
1: Yeah. um, Part so, a big reason why business owners don't pay themselves is because they're not taught, they are taught how to deal with money. It is a taboo topic. Um, or all they hear is about other people reinvesting in their business. And they think I have to reinvest if I want to grow, I have to reinvest if I want to grow. And, um, that, and, you know, I, I don't know if you've experienced this anytime you're out like networking, socializing, which hopefully, you know, we're not doing as much these days, but even in a, a zoom room, you'll be asked like, how is business going? And it, it's like almost socially inappropriate to say anything other than business is going well. Mm -hmm. Right. To be honest, actually, it's kind of difficult right now, or, you know, I'm having this uh, issue or revenues down. You can't say those things. You always have to say business is going well, because, you know, there's kind of that um, imposter syndrome that starts to leak in. If you, if you pretend it's not going well, or like if, if you make any kind of, no uh, indication that things aren't going well because then people might think, well, I'm not going to buy from them. I'm not going to work with them if their business isn't going well. What if it goes under, right? And we we tend to think that um, ourselves. But the problem is that you know 80 percent of businesses are living paycheck to paycheck or like sale to sale, right? Just like the average American who gets a W-2 is living paycheck to paycheck. And in fact, too many businesses are actually um, going further into debt, you know, just like so many Americans are. And that was before the pandemic, you know, um, and so like it's even worse for some now, right. Uh, others are, you know, doing well, but it's still, but even if the ones that are doing well, they're still caught in that cash flow crisis a lot of the time, right. Getting paid late, having to pay, you know, for something early, those kind of things. So we just defer and hope that actually, if I just increase my revenue, if I just make that, that big sale to that big client, that'll fix everything. And we, we hope that that's going to be the thing to solve our situation. And we keep waiting for that to come, keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know, um, hoping something will turn the tides, not realizing we have the control. We can turn the tides ourselves. Because no one's taught us, no one's shown us how, how we could, we don't have that model to look at.
0: Yeah. That was a
1: really long winded answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, it's so true that we think that running a business is so different than what other people do, but really, you know, a lot of businesses are paycheck to paycheck, even the businesses that say they're making like six or seven figures that doesn't mean that's actually what they're bringing in or what they're paying themselves you know we you can make numbers say whatever you want them to say my husband's a math teacher and that's what he says all the time he's like I can make these numbers say what I want them to say but that's not what's real Um, and I think for many of us not giving ourselves a paycheck is the first thing that gets cut because that's the easy thing. You feel like you've still got to pay that credit card bill and you've got to pay your contractors or whatever. So, well, I just won't pay myself this month. And that goes on month after month.
1: When they studied why businesses close, everyone kind of knows it's because there's they ran out of money, right? They were, like, they like They couldn't make enough money. They had too many expenses. They just ran out. But if you think about like, well, why did they run out of money? Was it because they didn't have enough sales? Was it because their expenses were too high? Or is because the entrepreneur, the business owner, the founder ran out of money personally, they couldn't pay their bills. They couldn't figure out how to put food on the table, right? So they had to close the business and go get a real job or, you know, like, or whatever. Um, Whereas if they had had money to put into the business, to keep it going, they probably would have, right? Because, you know, they wouldn't be able to solve a problem. I think there's a lot of businesses that because the owner the, uh, doesn't have some cash to fuel the business, they're, they have a ceiling. They can't go above, right? Uh, they can't take that risk to hire that person to take on the extra project or to get the extra inventory they need. Um, and so they're always fighting that ceiling. And then another business who does have some money, you know, gets the project and said, and that keeps going Mm -hmm. on for, for so long that, um, all the projects end up going to the people that have the capacity for them. And that person, you know, loses one here, loses one there. And eventually there's no more projects, but if they had had a little bit of cash on the side to infuse into the business, when an opportunity comes or when an emergency happens, That gets them through that temporary time that then allows them to catapult more so over the long term.
0: So I think we're, what we're talking about here is we really need to pivot the way that we approach money, especially as a business owner. So how do we know kind of what our thoughts about money are and maybe where we need to change them?
1: My like pivotal moment in this actually came from listening to podcast. Um, It was back 2016, I think maybe even 2015, well, a long time ago. <laughs> and <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and I heard this guy named Mike Michalowicz who wrote this book named Profit First. He came onto the show and I just, I listened to it. I heard him explain rather than paying yourself last in the business, pay, start paying yourself first. And I was like, oh, that's an easy switch. Let me just try this, see how it goes. So again, just a normal coffee shop, right. We just switched from running our payroll at the end of the month to running our payroll at the beginning of the month for ourselves. And we said, no matter what happens in the business, we're going to pay ourselves a basic income that covers our rent, our personal rent, but you know, uh, covers our groceries, you know, nothing extravagant, just enough that we know our bills are paid at the beginning of the month, every month. And that switch just changed everything for us. It started to, 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 us to realize actually this business has to work for us. It can't just cover our basic needs. It has to help give us something extra to be able to do, you know, the things we want to do in life, not just eat ramen, but like, (laughs) you know, uh, and making even that simple shift from the timing of our payroll was a big deal. Now for other people, it's going to look a little different. It could look like Taking 1% and starting to pay yourself even just 1% of every dollar that comes in, you get, you know, to keep a dollar or like 10 cents on the dollar of every, you know, part that comes in or every hundred dollars, you get to keep a dollar. And then gradually over time, moving that to 2% and 3%. And your business isn't going to miss a dollar. If it's running on a hundred dollars right now, it's not going to miss a dollar. If it's running on 10,000, it's not going to miss a hundred dollars. It's going to run just fine on 9,900. And then over time, you can see that shift start to, to become a reality, but not just in the dollars and cents, but what it does to our personal confidence and the ability then when an opportunity comes up in the business or there's an emergency in the business, we've got some money we can infuse it into the business or we can skip a paycheck, which I don't recommend. I recommend paying yourself and then putting it back in the business. You're not breaking that habit, right? But you've got more options on the table because you've built that habit. You've built that uh, side fund. You've been meeting your needs and you've got the confidence, you know, you can make it happen.
0: Yeah. I think that's really helpful to think about that. And I have a client who uh, helps her clients with the profit first method too. And I think Thinking about things in that way of, you know, if you want to run a successful business, you have to be able to pay your bills, especially if this is going to be your full-time thing. And, and so many people we hear, you know, well, I brought my husband into my business. Like this is, this is all we have. And you can't then depend on what's left over at the end of the month or the end of the year.
1: Yep. 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 And you you can also depend on the business to be able to fuel itself all the time when uh, maybe it's running on empty for a little while. You need to have some fuel on the side that's not in the business that you can put in if you choose to, or um, if there is an opportunity and the business doesn't have enough fuel to get it going, do you want to have to say no to that opportunity or do you want to have a little bit of cash that you can put in if you want to? and it's an opportunity you can't pass up.
0: Yeah. I think that's a helpful thing to think about, especially coming out of a, you know, 2020 and so many businesses like lost all of their clients, especially in certain industries, like all of that was gone. And so, It was a choice of, well, what do I do here? Do I stop the business? Do I? (laughs) And if we have some backup funds personally that then we can use, we can keep things running until we figure out, okay, what's next? What do I have to do? Yep. It gives you more options. And who doesn't like options? (laughs) So let's talk about bringing femininity into the conversation about money and why that's so important most of my listeners are female business owners. So why is this an important piece of the whole money conversation?
1: There's been so many conversations I've been in around money where I, cause I'm, I run the money in our relationship and our business. My husband, he's more of the person, people person. He goes out, talks to people, but he could care less about the spreadsheets and <laughs> all of that. And yet we'll be, you know, talking to somebody and we'll be talking about money and they always look at him. And, you know, everyone assumes it's, you know, the male that does that. And it's so frustrating. And I'll pi- pipe in and it's kind of fun to see the look <laughs> on their face. And they'll be like, wait, she knows the numbers, how profitable the business is, you know, what their, you know, all, all the things, what their burn rate, at, you know, stuff like that. And um, so that's one reason we need to bring femininity into the conversations because we do know our numbers. We are awesome at them. We can be, you know, um, even more awesome at them than some you know men out there we we need to be told that and to um have other people that help us get to know the numbers how to do those calculations how you know all those kind of things so that's one the second thing is that very stereotypically speaking um women tend to bring a little more concern for safety and security into conversations around money and men tend to bring more of the uh kind of let's go you know make as much as we can seek out that high return on investment no risk no reward you know kind of attitude and the we need both of those right it's a balance and yet if that no risk no reward we got to go after the as big of return on investment as we can get if that's all that's part of the conversation then there aren't the emergency funds the you know growth funds the safe, liquid, accessible pool of money that we can use anytime for whatever reason we want, because it's all at risk; it's all on the table, rather than some of it kept back. And what I've found in talking with a lot of couples, with a lot of um, uh, people, you know, women who work in a male-dominated, you know, field or in, uh, or even just you know, networking at their chamber of commerce, is that the conversation always tends to focus on you know, going after X, Y, or Z, get all your money into the business, you know, uh, or put all anything that you're going to have on the side, put it at risk in the stock market. And we, the, that conversation of, well, what do you do with your safe money? How much should be at safety? That's just not happening. And I think it should be happening more because that's, that's exactly why I was able to sell my business and, you know, have the life that I want is because I didn't take a risk with all my, my money, I kept some of it safe and secure and available for whatever I needed.
0: Yeah. I think that's helpful. And, you know, in my household, I do most of the money stuff as well. My husband's a math teacher, but he doesn't want to think about that part. And so when I look at things, I see it very differently than he does, but we, we all need to be having like these conversations and just talking about money in general is so helpful because you never know what people are dealing with, what other businesses are going through if we don't open up the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody, if a woman is starting about thinking a business, or maybe they've started one and they really haven't thought about the financial aspect, what are the top things that they need to know about money and about their business?
1: Yeah. Um, The biggest thing is this idea that we were talking about earlier, where if you're always reinvesting and saying you'll pay yourself when your business gets to a certain level, that that's reinforcing a habit that is really hard to break. Uh, You know, that reinvesting habit and um, the switch to then paying yourself is just going to get harder and harder the larger your business grows, the longer you wait, the more you're reinforcing that habit of reinvesting everything. But even just to switch and start that habit of a 1%, you know, even paying yourself that much um, starts a positive thing, right? It's easy to then make it 2%, 3%, keep growing. And the flip side of that is that there's also then, You can put the money back into the business if it needs it, you can reinvest, but you're going to probably be more intentional about reinvesting because you're going to see the personal cost, the, you know, you're going to actually see the money move from Mm -hmm. your personal bank account to the business bank account. And there's some thinking and some intentionality that often comes there that doesn't happen if it's just sitting in a bank account on the business side and you're going to just spend it through your credit card or through, you know, paying an invoice or whatever, So um, that's one thing. Um, The the other thing is to like have that idea that your future, whatever that looks like for you, maybe it's retirement one day, maybe it's the ability to help your kids transition to adulthood with options, you know, with a leg up. Maybe it's being able to have a sabbatical, right? Whatever financial independence looks like to you. That shouldn't have to suffer because you chose to start a business. You chose to go out on your own. And if you keep that main thing in mind, what your definition of financial dependence, what's going to make you realize that in your life, that's going to give you a lot of clarity then to align your money with that thing rather than following, well, I just need my business to make more money. I just need to grow my top line revenue. You have to really like, what's important about the top line revenue to you? Is it that sabbatical you want to take? Is it that, um, you know, traveling that you want to be able to do every year, right? Okay. Now, how do we align our business to make that a reality rather than just thinking in terms of money?
0: I think those are helpful. And it's a good thing to remember is, okay, what do I really want? And I think this is true just in business in general. Like, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish in my life as a whole and how does, money and my business and everything else move me towards that. Yep. And if it doesn't move you toward it, you don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) So you use something called the bank on yourself concept. Can you explain what that is and what that looks like for entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah. I'll have to give a really short uh, (laughs) version because I could talk about this for days. It was something that I was introduced to back in 2013 and it's totally revolutionized my life. Um, In fact, the, the book uh, that um, one of the books that talks about this concept is called the bank on yourself revolution, right? It's very like revolutionizing. And it was really uh, thinking through where do I want my money to live, right? Do I want it to, there's, There's like 450 different financial products out there, but they can all kind of live in, they can all be like categorized in very, uh, very few buckets. They could be in savings, like liquid, accessible cash—not not necessarily a savings account, but some kind of you know liquid, accessible type savings. They could be invested, you know, put at risk within my business or within the stock market. They could go to the Internal Revenue Service in the form of taxes, right? Like, um, <laughs> they could uh, pay off debt, or they could you know leverage debt to go create a new form of income. There could be something related to debt there, or I could just spend them. They could go to my you know lifestyle um you know travel clothes shoes um uh cell phones what you know all the things they could even fund just the operating expenses of my business right that's kind of the lifestyle of my business um and so when i start when i was looking at well i'm already investing so much in my business I want to pay my fair share of taxes, but I don't want to pay too much. I'd actually love to get out of debt, not have all this money going to, you know, where I'm really working for the bank or the credit card company or whatever. And I feel pretty good about my lifestyle. Doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't need to necessarily have a, you know, the most expensive car or the biggest house or whatever. I'm kind of a minimalist, but the savings side, I don't necessarily want to just put it in a bank account. Savings and get little interest. Even if I choose a money market account, you know, it, it's not going to get me much more. Go look for a high yield savings account. Sure, the first year I might get a little bit more. There's got to be something that um, is better longer term. And that's really where I found Bank on Yourself. And uh, it has some tax advantages, it has some really great uh, growth that. Uh, I'm getting that's better than if I had just stuck in a savings account. There's some extra benefits too, um, but the the big kicker is that I get to access my money still how and when I want to, without having to worry about is it the right time to sell a stock, or am I going to lose the growth that I could be getting because I'm using this money in some other way? Um, it really gives me control and options with my money that uh, still put it in the savings bucket because uh, it's still liquid and accessible and it's not being put at the same kind of risk as it would
0: in the stock market or
1: even within my business.
0: All right. Awesome. And then you guys have uh, the still method. So can you tell us what that is and how it helps business owners? And I know you've got a freebie that goes into this that people might want to check out to learn more.
1: Yeah. So, when, as we've been working with business owners, uh, we found that people, including ourselves, oh, just overcomplicate things way too often um, and somewhat intentionally, like the tax code is super complicated, <laughs> right? like um, even to figure out like what kind of business entity we should have to you know, uh, be favored taxes, but then also how do we grow our businesses? There's so many options out there that we could pursue. Uh, and it just gets so confusing. So we brought this still method. It's really something we've been using and kind of tweaking and developing over the last decade. Um, and we figured out a way to actually like make it something that's easily teachable and uh, shareable with people so they can start doing it right away. So still actually, um, is an acronym. The S stands for set your sights, remember your goals, remember your why, what is that thing you really want? Not just to grow your, you know, top line revenue or to pay yourself more, but what's, what's the real like goals. And often business owners love the S, right? We could spend all day thinking about like, what, what, why are we doing this? And what do we really want to do? And all that kind of thing. But we include that because to remember that before you start looking at your numbers is super helpful. So it's the S set your sights, And then the T is track your in and out, see what's come in, what's gone out of my business. And, you know, you might be doing this on a monthly basis, or even at first on a weekly basis, kind of just noticing what's come in, what's gone out, how I feel about it, what needs to change. Um, It's not budgeting, right? You're just like noticing, um, and then inspect your progress. So how is my in and out helping me actually reach the, my sites, right? How, how is the T doing with the S how am I progressing? What, you know, and again, just noticing, seeing what sticks out when you actually like sit down and review your numbers. And then here's where you actually start to make, uh, changes. So the first L is to look for the 1% adjustment. I've talked a lot about 1%, right? <laughs> Even paying yourself 1%, but it could be a 1% reduction in expenses, a 1%, you know, shift in your cost of goods sold, a, a 1% improvement to the wording on your website. Uh, right? Like those little what's the one percent adjustment that's going to help me make more progress toward my my sites, whatever where I'm going. And so you you like there's a, we have a whole list of questions of things you can ask to try to find that 1% and really hone in on it. And then the final L is to live deliberately, actually like put that 1% change on your calendar, make that phone call, you know, do whatever it might be and then see what happens. And then you come back and you repeat it again, right. In a week or in a month, you do that same thing. And what's uh, fun about it is that it helps um, make it easy, right. You're just noticing, you're seeing what can change. You're not having to pull fancy spreadsheets. You could even just do this with a bank statement, right? You don't need to like have your QuickBooks updated <laughs> or zero or whatever. Um, so it makes it accessible. but it also looking for that small change, most people would say if you do this for a year, you're going to see a 12% change in your you know in your toward your goals, whatever your goal is. If it is something like increasing top line revenue, you'd see a 12% change. But the fun thing is that these changes compound on each other. I would say, try it for a year and you might see an even bigger than 12% change because you make that 1% change. And then the next 1% builds on that. Mm -hmm. And now you've got a two and a half percent changing or or whatever it might be that actually ends up happening. But because you're focused and you're intentional about it, um, we've seen people start seeing results right away.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really great way to approach it is like, what is a small change you can make? And and you mentioned it, it can be financial, it could be whatever you need to make to get to those goals that you've set out. And then it, that all builds. And it's really, it's a lot more actionable when you're trying to do something small than when you've got this huge thing that you have out there that, okay, how am I ever going to get there? Because it's so big.
1: Yeah. Or we're trying to do so many little micro changes in our business all at the same time, and none of them actually get done or they get half done and not all the way. Um, So what I also like about this is you're picking the 1% adjustment that fits in with what are your, where are you going? Where are you at financially now, right? What's been happening lately financially. So you can pick that 1% that is actually doable and will get you
0: closer to where you want to be awesome so you meant you have a download that goes through this and has those questions can you tell people where they can find that yeah
1: it's really easy it's called stillmethod.com you just awesome. go to stillmethod.com you get the uh, pdf with some questions to help walk you through the still method and then some invitations to do the still method in community with other people too for okay. free
0: perfect i will link that in the show notes um, and then is there anything else you wanted to share about really making sure you're putting yourself first financially in your business before we get to the wrap-up?
1: Yeah. I, I think if anyone's been in business long enough, you've are probably already experienced that there are times when it's really easy to say, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm thrown in the towel. i this is way too hard. I give up because business, you know, they, there's that cliche. If ever, if everyone could do it, they would, right. It's hard. Um, But that idea of knowing that, you know, that, you know, why you're doing something, what it really is meant to accomplish for you that, and I don't know about anybody else, but that has definitely saved me from throwing in the towel (laughs) time and time again is, uh, remembering that why. And for me, it really is about how I impact other people and make the world a better place for all of us and and I want to make more money. So I have more money to give to the nonprofits. I believe in, right. I want to work with more people because I know that they're going to get to a better place. And, uh, that keeps me going every day and not throwing in the towel.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really helpful thing to remember. I know, you know, every time I'm like, Oh man, I've, I've got to," This is hard and I don't want to do this. And then I think, I've got a two and a half year old at home. If I go back to a regular job, I don't get my Wednesdays off to hang out and find new places to go. Yeah. So it really is so important to have something bigger than just I want to make a lot of money.
1: Hundred percent. And and that, if anything, that's bringing our femininity into right our yep. into our businesses <laughs> and into our finances. I love it.
0: All right. So as we wrap up is there, if there's one thing you could recommend to a friend, what would that be? It can be totally not business related. You got to have a
1: team. You got to have a community. Don't ever do anything alone. If you can help it, even if it's, you know, having a financial professional in your corner or hiring a web designer or having a conversation with a friend to tell them what's really going on. This is a lonely worlds, right. Uh, not just for business owners, us reaching out to include other people. They're probably lonely too. So if anything, don't, don't ever hesitate to reach out and include people in what you're doing. Awesome. I love that advice.
0: All right. So where can people find you online and connect with you if they want to learn more or if they have questions? Yeah. The best thing is to check out
1: stillmethod.com um, and get that uh, download and all of that. Um, but also wherever you're listening to those podcasts, you can find our show. Just look for Wealth Wisdom with the Neelys and you'll find my husband, Brandon and I and our podcast
0: as well. All right, awesome. I will link to all of that in the show notes so people can check it out. But thank you so much for joining me to talk about finances, to get into some of this so that we can really start these conversations for people. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.